Fourth Not First is proudly brought to you by Oakford Thoroughbred Farm, your one-stop shop for all your thoroughbred needs. Hot seat driving at it, hot seat going home the best in the middle and grab the lead at one. Hot seat by a long head to either vintage quarter and Remus is coming back, coming back really well on the inside, they hit it the bobber. Maybe Loremus jumps from under the eyeball. Alright, welcome back for episode 2 of 4th Not First. With me, as always, I have the equine podiatrist extraordinaire, Ashley McKnight. Ash, how you doing? I'm well, Richo. Very well. And we also have owner-operator of Healy Bloodstock and horse aficionado, Russell Healy. How you doing, Rusty? Doing well, Richo. Ash? Yes? Going well. Good to hear, good to hear. So straight off the top, Ash, give us an update on the stable. What happened to Zipper? We were all pretty excited last week as we signed off. I was excited too, and then by the time I got to Echuca and pulled up and heard the first race go past, I thought, mm, this track is definitely not what they say it is. It was um, not to her liking. Uh, yeah. I'll chalk that one down to experience. But, uh, yeah, very sticky and pluggy. It uh, took a bit of getting through. Not what we wanted for the zip. And uh, how's she travelling this yeah. week? Yeah, good. Really good. She pulled up really well. Um, much better than she was last preparation. She used to take a good week to sort of recover from a run. Um, she had a work off the pony and then a, a little work on Friday. And uh, she was really good. Alana rode a Friday and she was really happy with the way she pulled up. So uh, full steam ahead uh, leading into run two. Fantastic. And what else has been going on at the stable? I think Hot Seat had a run today. Yeah, I went to Ballarat today on the turf. Um, I actually think he ran okay. Uh, obviously, a bigger check would be nice. We thought uh, finally he gets a race that he can lead without being pressured. and uh, But as the day went on, probably the rail become the place not to be. And then, of course, we get the rail. and Anyway, just uh, another piece of hot seat history. He had now had seven runs, second up, and never done anything. So we'll just stick to that stat. But third up, he goes pretty good. So... Uh, no, we'll, uh, we'll find a little 58 for him, and uh, he's, he's on track. He's fitter and come through it pretty well, so straight into his feed bin tonight, so that was good. So we'll uh, onward and upward, onward and upward. Fantastic, and elongated. Yeah, we're going to see elongated run again this week. Uh, he'll probably go to Donald this week. Um, won't go to the mile yet, probably 13.50. I think. Uh, I reckon Alana will probably go back on and take the two kilos off. So that would be probably helpful to him. Um, yeah, he can, uh, he can run a bit of a race. He can run a bit of a race second up, I think. He, he still probably wants the mile, but I think he can still run a bit of a race. Great to hear. And anything else going on? Uh, well, Logo Logic is going to be looking for a run this week. Um, we've got Swan Hill Carnival, which has gone from three days to one due to COVID. Um, but it's going to be a pretty good day's racing on Sunday at Swan Hill. So uh, there's a three-year-old benchmark 64 for him on Sunday. 
Uh, we're still debating over who rides him. Um, I've spoken to Alana and Christine, and they're both pretty adamant that the other one's riding him. So, I don't know, maybe we'll just lock him in a room and see who comes out victorious. I, yeah, I'm not too worried either way it goes. But, uh, no, they're both on board. It's all about the team. So, uh, looking forward to seeing him run again. And I'd be guessing we won't get the juicy odds we got last time he was up. I wouldn't have thought so, but uh, sillier things have happened. So uh, they might think he's just a synthetic horse. Who knows? Maybe we don't know. Uh, yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. It would be good to see what he does uh, does second up and if uh, what we saw the other day um, comes out and he, he can hopefully win again. That would That'd be great. And there was a bit of a win for stable jockey Alana Kelly? Yeah, did anyone catch that? Um, I got in early on uh, Friday. One ride at Bendigo for the Allerton Zara team in the Elmore Cup and uh, had a look at the form and I actually said to her on Friday, I said, you can win on this horse. Uh, I reckon this map's pretty good and she uh, gave it the the best ride she could, got up on the fence and, yeah, kicked away, got the Elmore Cup win. That was a great result for her. Yeah, sensational. Great to hear. All right, we'll move on to the weekend racing review, thanks to Healy Bloodstock, where procrastination becomes realisation. Russ, what's happening around the traps? Uh, yeah, we had highlights in uh, every state over the weekend. Um, Victoria was pretty quiet, but on Friday we saw a pretty handy one in Mr. Montaro, he um, he was bought to go to Hong Kong, and uh, he he wasn't quite rating high enough, so uh, they needed a win to book his ticket to go to Hong Kong, and he did that pretty easy. It's it's a little bit of a shame to see those kind of horses going overseas, but um, just keep producing them, and there's a market for people. They had to pay the GST on uh, their wherever it was, million dollar purchase. So because he raced again in Australia, it was a bit of a $100,000 hit to, to, to win a race at Geelong. It was a bit of a tough one. But um, then on, on Saturday, Mick Price and Mick, Michael Kent Jr. had a travel to Caulfield, which is nice. Good for them. Have Isn't their team flying, Rusty? Oh, it is. It is. They're coming to their own. And it doesn't matter who's riding for them. It's Malum and... Uh, Lewis German got a win on Saturday for him, which is yep. good to see. Um, but yeah, they are they are flying at the moment, and long may it continue because they do it the right way. And uh, uh, even talking about jockeys, Lewis German, how good is he going since he's uh, moved to Enverducevic? Yeah, really good. <laughs> I haven't I haven't actually seen him riding too many for Enver, but. Um, and he's getting opportunities with other stables and, and taking them. Well, I think the ability to ride for a few other stables, track work and different things, has, uh, has got him out there. And um, he's really uh, taken the bit between the teeth, hasn't he? Yeah, for sure. He's, um, he's, a, good, he's a good jock, and I'd like to see him get more opportunities. Um, he's ridden a few Yeah, absolutely. Always been good. Uh, New South Wales, we saw a couple of good two-year-olds up there in the first, um, Anders and Nander, Matt, but, uh, and they ran in pretty slick time. They ran faster than the older horses later in the day. 
probably a better track, but um, yeah, they were pretty impressive. Um, Anders in the Aquas colours. And um, <laughs> it's a little bit of a, pity, bit of a pity, um later in the day when the Lord Mayor could only run third in his own listed Lord Mayor's Cup, uh, which was won by Woogok. <laughs> he probably funded his electoral campaign to become Lord Mayor, which is a little bit sad. In Queensland? Well, yeah. <laughs> we had Dawn Passage. Uh, he won the Fred Best Classic at Group 3 level and he's on his way to the Stradbroke now. He's uh, firmed into favouritism. I know I know one of us is um, pretty, pretty pretty keen on him in the Stradbroke. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I think you saw your Stradbroke winner, for sure. Um, yeah. Couldn't have been asked yeah, we'll to be more impressive. I, I agree. He was good. Uh, but we'll talk a bit more about that later. Um, Happy to take so, uh, Bed Easy's $2.80. Vetter Girls, a horse I mentioned last, uh, last week um, when I was breaking down the run of Canane. Um, the two horses that beat Canane last week ran behind this girl and she came out and she won the uh, Pam O'Neill Stakes. Uh, and she was similarly, similarly, you know the word I'm looking for, impressive as uh, Dawn Passage, I thought, winning that at second listed race in succession. So she's a horse on the up and I think you'll see a bit more of her. And, and we had Chris Wallop with the first six runners home in the Group 3 Chairman's Handicap, which is, he only had seven runners in it, and there was about, I think there was about 16 left with his seven. So to have the first six home is something beyond belief, to be honest. But... That's pretty impressive, really, isn't it? Like, you know, you, you see lots of trainers have multiple runners in races, and yeah, while well, you see Quinellas and seconds and thirds and that, to have the first six, that's that's a pretty impressive effort. That's incredible. I know he's got the quality, but yeah, that's that's an amazing yeah. feat. But he... And they were all over the place price wise, and <sighs> yeah, get them up there in that kind of shape. And yeah. can you get a um, can you get a first six on a race? <laughs> that... Can we get on that. I'm pretty sure next time Chris Waller has seven in a race, they might offer that kind of uh, market. Someone might offer that market. We'll lean on uh, some of these blokes. <laughs> anyway. Uh, there's only one, really one highlight in South Australia. There was a, a three-year-old filly called Dixon Street. She was ridden like she was the best horse. It was almost arrogant to Lockie Nindorf ride on it. But... She she won pretty handily, and uh, I think she's got a pretty big future in front of her. Uh, trained by, I think it's Stokes, uh, Philip Stokes. So, yeah, that's one to look forward to. In WA, well, the Bob and Sandra Peters train just keeps rolling, doesn't it? Four winners on the on the card, including uh, the 40-to-1 pop perfect jewel in the Belmont Sprint. It was um, pretty impressive. As a, an owner myself, <laughs> I'd love to have four winners on a Metropolitan card one day. Uh, I'm not sure it'll ever happen, but we can try. And of course, you had Willie Pike doing Willie Pike things. He had, I think he had a treble, um, and that included the get out stakes at the end, which, um, yeah, it was pretty impressive. 
Yeah, there's a bloke that I have trouble catching. <laughs> I know, I know, I know how good he goes over there, but he's still no Yandel. That's where it wraps it up for me, Richo. I um, I really enjoyed the weekend's racing. Um, and I'm I'm looking forward to next week. There's a few um, a few good races on the card. Okay, boys, it's time to move on to our weekend punt segment. Uh, the segment's proudly brought to us uh, by Urban Dust Accessories for all your fine sterling silver and accessory needs. Yes, and of course, again, as we do every Saturday, we were chasing the multi. That's the five of us get together. We choose a horse each, and uh, we see if we can at least get a place multi going, hopefully the win multi. How did we go on the multi this weekend, boys? Rusty went really good. Yes, he opened us up. Yeah, uh, he did. Really, just... it was never gonna win except for the last drive, and what we are you all talking cheered. About? It won by a length and a half. He's down. I don't know what you were watching. But <laughs> oh, I was... wasn't. To be honest, I was listening to it on yeah. the radio. Jesus, it it won. <laughs> With a leg in the air, that thing. Of course, we're talking about Broadway and Fourth, and at seven dollars when I tipped it, it was a pretty bloody good tip. It was a fantastic tip, yep, and excellent. it really set us up for success chasing that elusive multi. <laughs> it did it? Did we then, were off and running? And then, second up, I believe, was our. Our absolute stayer in the multi. Ever since he's been in the multi, he just has not let us down. Um, so Forty stepped up uh, with his tip and unfortunately uh, just couldn't get the chocolates and couldn't even get us a place. So we we were we were out pretty quickly with that one, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. There's um... not much said. Much more to be said. Yeah. Well, there is, because we do want to mention that then uh, Ashford's horse was up and, again, uh, couldn't salute, couldn't get us a place. Um, then the Dolphin came in with... Uh, he finally, instead of picking the shortest-priced horse of the day, he did, he did give us a, a four-dollar uh, you know, $4, uh, horse, and that came in and that saluted as well. And... Uh, after my diabolical efforts a couple of weeks ago, I managed to get a place for us in the multi um, two weeks in a row. So, Ashford, you were one of two people who let us down on the multi, at least on the place side of things. Um, he's not much of a team player, is he? he like, he's he not a team player. No. individual thing. And, um... No. Because if we do turn around, so on the Saturday we do the multi, it's a team event, but we also do do the Bragging Rights Cup. Now, the Bragging Rights Cup, we do. same five fellas and we get to choose two horses each and we assume a five dollar each way bet on each now the bragging rights cup it was pretty uneventful um out of uh it would be 10 runners we only had three that troubled the scorers at all Um, but ash did uh, have one of those three and he he managed to win and uh, recoup and come first in the bragging rights cup and he was pretty happy about it too, sending videos yeah. through and, and talking about how good it was being the clubhouse well, leader. After last week's debacle, um, yeah, I had to get back to my rightful position on top. So, yeah, all things are right in the world now. 
Yeah, I do find it interesting though, mate, that uh, you do sort of strut around like a peacock when you have won the bragging rights cup. But when you've let uh, let your mates down in the multi, you know, to me it's a bit of a hollow victory. You know, I, I personally, I'd prefer to go all right in the multi, but uh, you really do covet that bragging rights cup, don't you? Yep, yeah, I like to hold that one aloft, um, parade round with it, carry it round, take it with me everywhere. Um, keep it off you blokes as much as possible yeah no it's uh it, it's it, it is my main goal for the week as much as i love chasing the multi uh bragging rights cup is uh is where it's all at and now you know why we can't um can't win the the uh what's it called the match play at the golf is because i'm teamed up with the 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 lone wolf over here and we're trying to play a team competition yeah and that's that's where it all falls apart, really, because yeah. um, you're trying to play a team event with a bloke who is only worried about himself and that's can't right. putt for shit. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, those two things combined. And can't deny it either, boys. You, you'll be happy. You'll be happy to know that I am I am back in the practice routine for golf. So I am back practicing on Wednesday nights. Um, the putting stroke was looking okay on Wednesday night. It, it was dark, so I couldn't see the ball, so it didn't matter, but that didn't matter. Um, but regardless of that, the listeners would also like to know, on a Thursday night, this group also has a little poker tournament. It certainly does, a digital poker tournament uh, on Poker All-Stars that we yep. like to play every Thursday night and have a bit of fun. We do. Uh, we have a, a bit of a uh, bit of banter, and it gets pretty serious. This poker, um, like it's high stakes. You know, it's, 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 20... it's high stakes, fake money, fake money. Yeah, it's it's a twenty k buy-in. Like, we don't muck around. Um, it's winner take all. Now, um, we have one player at the table who is probably, I would say, he's in the group class compared to us you know, 58 and 64 raiders running around. Yep. Now, the Dolphin. Mm-hmm. Jeez, he, he was a cranky he, he Dolphin just, this week, wasn't he? Wasn't he? A, I mean, who took his last kipper? He was cranky from the outset, calling names. He was quite vicious, actually. And look, he, his names were <laughs> even funny. No. I can't even repeat his name. <laughs> like... I mean, where we were going is, I think you wanted to point out that that you had done fairly well in the poker last week and have been doing fairly well. Is that where you were going? Well, at? the poker's been going okay. Um, I'm a bit of a uh, rags to riches story at the table. I, I tend to get down to not many chips, and then uh, you know a couple of all ins later, and we're we're back on top. Um, so it, it's risk reward, but uh, you know we talk about about the team playing, Rusty and I have been dominating the, uh, the two tables that we play a bit. Uh, team class all the way on Thursday night. Yeah, you do realise poker's not a team sport though, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> now, since, since this is all about tooting your own trumpet, um, I, I would like to call out, but I, I believe I am the first person uh, in the group to get the hat-trick on a Saturday where you get a return in both your bragging rights and your multi. Oh, I don't think anyone's... You should brag about that, Richo. That was phenomenal. Yep. It's pretty good. I had, I had the Richo place multi going and I was cheering it all the way. 
And it was a strong Just, second by um, Exhilarates, I thought. Despite being on Dawn of Passage, I've never <laughs> cheered something home in a second as strongly in my life. But it never looked like finishing anywhere but buddy, in, the, in the money. It was a great tip, Richard. You were phenomenal. All right. It's a bit of a change of pace for the podcast here. We're all avid AFL fans, and we know that... Um, the post-COVID competition is going to start up in a couple of weeks. Just wanted to get your thoughts, boys, on uh, two things you're looking forward to and two things that you're not looking forward to about the AFL season resuming. I'm looking forward to watching footy again. Yep. Like, it's, it's, it's worse than not drinking. <laughs> So I've made I've made up that. So that's the first thing that I I just can't wait to watch footy. I tried to watch rugby league, and I'm just like, doesn't do it for me. No. Yeah, couldn't do it either. That's that's the first thing that I uh, I'm looking forward to, and the the second thing is clearly another dominant Tigers premiership. Just predictable, isn't he, Rusty? Uh, yeah, so a bit, bit, up, bit overlap there. One of the things I'm not looking forward to is another dominant Richmond premiership, which, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think they might be on the way, but I'm looking forward to two things. Seeing teams that can't run out four quarters be able to compete because the quarters are shorter and they really have to play three, which is great. Uh, and the other one is... Can't bring yourself to say, Carlton. Um, an improved, more seasoned GWS side pushing Richmond. <laughs> I just want it to be a contest this year. <laughs> They're the only teams I can see winning it. Let's let's see a contest, please. But that's about it. Yeah, I still don't oh rate gosh. GWS. I think they're finished. <laughs> okay, whatever you think. That's fine. Nobody's we'll coming see. back from a belting in a grand final like that. Oh, That's going to have psychological, you know, pain attached to it. Yeah, all we have to do is uh, look at Adelaide last year and uh, they, they could be on the money. Or was it the year before? Maybe it was the year before. Year before. Yeah. Year before. Um, so the couple of things I'm looking forward to, looking forward to footy being back, um, I'm actually looking forward to the fact that I reckon the competition's wide open because people training by themselves that's not match practice. So it's who can come into form quicker and, and who gets the best run early on could really predict who, who falls into the finals there. Things I'm not looking forward to is I reckon there's going to be a lot of weird injuries and, you know, there'll be hamstrings that almost end people's seasons and stuff like that, which I don't think's too cool. Um, I'm also, I don't think I'm looking forward to the first sort of four or five rounds because, again, as I said, when you're training just by yourself and doing chin-ups and you, you're kind of fit, that's great. But I just can't imagine that the skills are going to be there for the first four or five rounds and we're going to see the fumbliest football that, um, that we've seen in a while. Yeah, I reckon you're probably right there. Yeah, it won't be a good advertisement. All right, now it's time for a little segment we on Fourth Not First like to call Did You See That? Thanks to when Freddie met Lily, designer gowns and suits for every occasion. I gave Alana a good plug. Uh, 
she does a lot of work for us uh, for the stable. But there's another rider who uh, does a lot of work and has ridden for us quite a bit in the last uh, year or so, Sam Payne. Um, he, at the Ballarat Synthetic the other day, rode his first winner for his granddad, Patrick Payne Sr. Um, by all accounts, that was a pretty special moment for, for young Sammy. Um, he, uh, he's done it pretty tough through life. He lost his mum at a, a relatively early age. Um, she, uh, she passed away suddenly. Uh, 2007, I think it was, um, and he's uh, he's come through the other side as a young adult, and uh, yeah, making in the riding ranks, and uh, he's not going too bad this year either. He's uh, been riding, ridden about 40 something winners for the season, so for a provincial jock, he's getting around all right, which is uh, which is good. So good on you, Sammy. If you uh, if you're having a listen, keep up the good work and. Uh, yeah, you better start punching out some McKnight Racing winners. <laughs> he, uh, he does pretty well for um, limited opportunities. He's um, always on some decent price shots, and he rides really well for the opportunities that he gets. So. Yeah, we had a nice little collect on him the other week, didn't we? We did. Wild Vitality. Um, wild Vitality at Ballarat. Mm. I think it was, but yeah, it was a good yep. one. Yep. Good little win. So. Keep them, keep them coming, Sammy. Yeah, absolutely. Now, boys, the other thing I want to talk about, um, as we know, you know, from the farm, to make racing and all these things work, you've got to have owners. And uh, I just wanted to talk about and more direct the conversation at you guys about horse ownership and how you got into it. The reasons why um, and why you would recommend it to the fellow listeners out there. Um, we have a good time, and why shouldn't everyone else join in the fun? So, Rusty, I'm going to throw it at you first because you're the uh, longest-serving owner in this team. Um, uh, how did you? Uh, that's Hang on, before he starts, not only longest serving, but he did have to get out an abacus the other day. I asked him how many horses he's got, so <laughs> he got a fair stable going. <laughs> he did, he did. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I wish he hadn't started with me because this could take a while. Um, so, all right. So we'll go back to it. My interest also stems from uh, going with my grandmother. Uh, when I was very young, I, I spent my uh, school holidays with her. She took me to the races, particularly in Bendigo, whenever they were on. I fell in love with the horses, like, and I like I like a pump, but the horses were another thing altogether. I I just spent all my time at the stalls, just uh, yeah, watching them get prepped and parade around and stuff like that. So I always wanted to be a, an owner. And 2014, I think. I'd always thought about it, always thought about it, but wasn't willing to commit the money. Uh, one day, one year we sold a car and I thought, oh, well, I was looking at um, syndicates all over the place and I kind of picked out a horse that I was going to spend a lot of money on for a very small share uh, in Sydney. 
and we just happened to go to the the sales it's uh oakland's junction and we ended the old mate ash and uh he told us about a horse that he had that he picked up uh quite economically um i had a look and it showed a lot of potential and the deal was phenomenal so for me 10% share and 12 months training costs was less than half of what I was going to spend on 5 5% of this other horse in Sydney that I would never get to see and probably never see unless it was some kind of exceptional animal so that's how I got involved beautiful and uh what about you Richo you know you um well I know where your involvement started from but uh why don't you let the listeners know how uh how you got into racehorse ownership yeah thanks ash it's um interesting question um for me i just like my sport you know i love footy love cricket i've always enjoyed watching the races um i I think for people who don't know people in the industry like we just heard the story from russ there where he had a grandma with with horses and obviously yourself ash you're what is it third generation horseman um yep. horse racing is actually a pretty inaccessible sport for um most people obviously um you can get along you can watch it on the tv and you can have a punt on it um but if you don't know someone you can't really get involved that much and certainly if your family's not involved you can't really do anything until you're 18 you know it's it's, it's hard to sort of build up that interest so um i'd always had a bit of an interest certainly through the spring carnival um and that's when sort of my family would would get interested uh, in the horse racing and i'd seen it you know you'd go to pubs and you'd see it on the tv and that sort of stuff and um like with afl i, I certainly believe that that having your afl membership just makes you you more part of it right so rather than just barracking for the team financially supporting for the team and and, and really feeling like you're part of it um and that's something i'd i'd kind of needed to do with with horse racing racing to get into it anymore because following things from a distance is is all well and good but you, you really want to be involved but again that's pretty inaccessible you see these ads on the tv where you know they flash up these people shaking champagne around and they say just give us five thousand dollars and you can have a toenail and you're like whoa jesus okay um so so you know it it was kind of one of those things that in the back of my mind i really wanted to do but there was no real avenue to make it happen and make it real and then um obviously met yourself through uh your lovely wife and uh as I got to know you and understood what was going on there, I thought, oh, here's my opportunity. And we talked about, um, you had a horse uh, for sale at the moment. And then you said, come up the farm, have a look. And I've got to be honest, I'd never really heard of Malden and I didn't know where I was going. And in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm not really sure what I expected, but I turn up at the farm and you got this fully, you know, legit operation with the tracks and the, you know all the stables and the little waiting pool for the horses and i was like no this is this is the real the real deal sort of thing um and yeah certainly just um through yourself and your family um you know coming actually getting to touch the horse and and see it and then uh, uh as russ mentioned really sort of really affordable compared to to all those things you hear and the things you see on tv and it's you know you're really um made to feel like a member of the team so um yeah jumped on board and um just enjoyed a couple of wins with the first horse and then uh 
the second horse didn't uh, didn't pan out that well, but uh, we're able to jump into a, a third horse, uh, the little zipper, who was race ready to go and uh, yeah, just just wouldn't look back. And certainly, it's not only the the horses that you own, but sort of really feel like you're part of the club and part of the stable. So whenever you you've got a stable runner going, you sort of look out for the green and the the brown spots and the purple cap and and cheer your team home. It's it's really enjoyable yeah i think that's the thing that we um we aim as as a small stable um is getting that that involvement from you guys um and all our owners it's like you're a part of the extended family you're you're not just another email address on the computer um you know, it's it's a little bit more personal, um, and anybody that's probably followed our WhatsApp group with Little Zipper would see that uh, it is it's quite personal, um, right from birthdays to updates to you know weekends away and and all those things in between um, because we have a great friend group in it. But uh, you know, it's for us as as trainers, yeah, we we want to get people in because we need to make an income. But it's getting people in for the right reasons and having them, you know, get along with the races, hopefully get a victory. Um, you know, even in a case where Zipper ran one day but another horse of ours won and you're all there to to enjoy it, it was the winning feeling just without the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, I suppose. <laughs> but... Uh, it, um, we want to share that with everyone. All our success we want to share with all our owners. Uh, we don't segregate. You know, it's, um, it really is. It's a family operation, and that's, that's the thing we instill in everyone. Bring your family. Bring your mum and dad. You know, bring the kids. Have a great day out, and, um, and we'll all enjoy it together. Win, lose, or draw, we're going to have a good time. Uh, and if we can get the victories along the way, well, well even better. Um, and hopefully one day we'll aspire to be in that uh, you know, great mounting enclosure that is headquarters, cheering home a, a uh, spring carnival winner one day. Wouldn't that be nice? It'll happen. On the topic of ownership and those sorts of things, Rusty, did you want to touch on expectation management? I do. I did. Um, I had an interesting um, a couple of weeks off and I returned to work. And when I was on leave, one of the blokes I work with who he bought a share in a, a filly called Island Joy with uh, Matt Allerton and Simon Zara. And this is not a reflection on them or um, and it's through First Light Racing syndications. Um, but it came out and it won on debut at Cranbourne and it, it looked a good thing and uh, off said this won so easy. Um, they're all like, oh, we're going to, going to the city next and we'll get a win on a Saturday and then we'll aim at uh, some spring features uh, in Melbourne. And and my, the guy at work, he just he's beside himself. He's like, I've been dreaming. He's he's in his mid to late sixties. He said, This is what I've been all 
life waiting for this horse that it's going to run in spring features and whatever and it ran on the weekend and ordinary in in not a good field not a bad field but not not didn't say it was going to be competitive in spring features in melbourne anyway um which uh, that's that's the thing i think i really have enjoyed with uh having my horses with ash and brian and, and the mcknight family is that there's there are no unrealistic expectations the horse will do what the horse will do um, and, but, but it doesn't, no one's ever said that your horse, well, yeah, we've had a couple of slow ones, but, um, <laughs> but no one said that the horse won't make it. You get, they can't get the time taken. There's no rushing through a system and spit them out the other end. Um, and you think, well, you haven't even tried it. Every horse that you've got gets a go. And I really enjoy that. <laughs> When and but the other side of that is uh, you get Mick Price's stable update from the other day that um, in relation to tugboat Cliffy and uh, I don't know if the boys mind but I might play it because can you play can you play be, that for the listeners I will um, I think there needs to be more of this in the industry um, just just to just to set that, you know, so don't string people along. Just get the horse where it is. I'll just play it now. It goes for about a minute. Cliffy boys, no good. Um, too slow. It's just too slow. It's embarrassingly slow. Not, the, not Michaela Lawrence's fault. No one's fault. Um, been beaten out of sight his last two. We're giving the benefit of the doubt that he may have improved. But I think he's got slower. Uh, I don't think there's enough laps on a race course for him to ever win a race, and I think he should be, I don't want to swear, but I think he should be fucked off as soon as we can um, get an email back from you guys which says, police my pain, and um, the girl that strapped him, Shannon, she's a lovely kid down there, uh, she wants him as a equestrian horse. So if you guys could give me the uh, permission to um, sign it over to her for $1 and um, she'll get some change, um, that will be done. Thank you. Now, now, again, the horse had a chance. It wasn't any good. Mick Price could just shut up, keep training the horse, it keep running crap and just taking money off people and flushing them out the other end of the industry, which nobody wants. We want people involved. Like, we've got to look after people. And if you, if you set expectations right, like, I don't know. I, I, we've always just, I, with uh, the McKnights, I've always just had horses do what they do, and we've had a $14,000 yearling purchase turn into a, a Melbourne Metropolitan winner and he's gone on, he, he just ticked over $120,000 in prize money today. Like, that's unbelievable. Like, the ride you can have um, with modest investment, but without being told that your horses are going to be champions, you don't, you don't need that because then you, you're constantly disappointed. I'm not interested in that. Yeah, and we it's all a... have our dreams and hopes, You've got to be realistic at the same time. Oh, and I'm a big believer you want people to stay in. 
once you get in and get the taste of uh, a little bit of success or a victory or the, the enjoyment we get out of racing, um, you want people to stay in it for years to come. Um, you don't want to be spat out the other end as a number. You know, and this is the thing, like, here's a question for you two guys. Are big syndicates damaging to the new race comer? I know they're inviting, but can they can they be damaging that their attrition rate of of people coming in is too high? Yeah, I, I think when you look at it, you go, it, it's quite an expensive outlay, and you know you're probably never going to get to see the horse other than at the racetrack and. You, you own a small percentage, and if you do have a bad experience with that, you, you're not coming back for a second bite. Right. So, mm-hmm. so I think I'd say ultimately they probably are, um, but I guess it kind of does go back to to my point earlier about other than that, to your average Joe Blow down the street, that you don't feel like there's a lot of other options out there anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's probably part of it is to say the um, knowledge and um, advertisement of a true alternative to that um, is probably the thing that's lacking. I agree wholeheartedly with that, Richard. And it's it's really a topic that syndication is a topic I could talk for hours on. Um, I don't want to do that now, but you get you get some really good syndicators out there. You've got some bad ones, and unfortunately, the bad ones are the ones that are doing all the advertising, most of the advertising. And what they do is they slug you for the advertising and you end up paying for their advertising rather than a horse. Whereas trainers are handcuffed, they can't advertise horses. Um, and the best advertisement they can do is success. But then they're not allowed to advertise a share in a horse, a price. You're not allowed, and, and that handcuffs trainers to the point where they can't compete as far as marketing goes with syndicators. But you get such better, as long as you find someone who's not dodgy you can get such better bang for your buck buying through a trainer because you you virtually just pay costs you don't have to pay someone's markup you don't because because trainers just want you involved in their horses you don't have to pay the markup you don't have to pay the pds establishment fees which can be astronomical the marketing fees all those kind of things you just pay costs and that's why like i will never buy through a syndicate I think there are some good syndicators out there, but I will never buy through a syndicated horse. I can't afford to I keep buying my own anyway. But um, <laughs> yeah, that abacus yeah. just moved another uh, bead across <laughs> too, didn't it, Rusty? Yeah, it was fantastic. I'm going to ride to the next set there. Yeah, look forward to that one turning up. Uh, yeah, and that's it, boys. I think like. Um, yeah, we invite anyone uh, into our stable to want to come have a look around, come meet us. Uh, we're always accessible on phones and emails and and all those sort of things. Yeah. It's, How do they uh, find you, Ash? Many ways to find us, Richo. Um, social media is probably one of our strongest uh, advertising vi- uh, streams. Um, so just jumping on uh, Facebook or Twitter and searching up McKnight Racing? Yep, the job. yeah, you search up McKnight Racing or Oakford Thoroughbred Farm, they're uh, one and the same. You'll, you'll come to the, the same one-stop shop. 
Um, you can reach us on our mobiles. They're easy to find. I, doesn't seem to be any shortage of people find my mobile number. I guess it's a way of uh, paying for entertainment, isn't it? You know, some people go to the movies and some people go to the pub. Some people like going to the horse races. So why not have something running for you? That's it. Yeah, echo that. I, I, whenever I talk to people about uh, owning a percentage of a horse, I do liken it to the AFL membership. You know, you're not just a supporter, you're a member. You're contributing and... Uh, it's way more fun when your own runner gets up, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> that is for sure. That is for sure. Now I think we move on to what's on for the week ahead. Rusty, we'll start with you. What a week ahead in in racing. Group one racing all around the world over the next week. We've got here in Australia, we've got the Stradbroke and the JJ Atkins in Queensland. Legal Farm in the year. The 2000 guineas at Newmarket, South, South Australia. South Africa's got the South African Derby and the Horse Chestnut Stakes at Turfontaine. And in the US, the Hollywood Gold Cup and Santa Anita Derby at Santa Anita and the Carter Handicap at Belmont. I, most, you know, you, you blokes probably don't spend too much time looking at international racing, but I love it and I love seeing Australian horses out of the Australian stallion up big races season. I haven't had, had a chance to have a look at any fields or anything, but um, I'm really looking forward to next week's racing. Fantastic. And Ashley, what's on for the week? Last week you were uh, putting some shoes on Chautauqua. Yeah, we did go and see the grey flash, yeah. And you did call us afterwards and it sounded like you, you were quite firm in the pants after seeing Chautauqua in the flesh. <laughs> but, um... Well, I did say... I did say to you, Blakes, that if you went and bought me five of those, we would get sick of winning races. Actually, no, we wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. Never. Never. We would be more than happy to win every race. (laughs) um, He is a phenomenal equine athlete. He really is. Even in show condition, um, he's not rip fit. You can just, he's got muscles where most horses don't have them. Um, You can see he's just built to be an absolute powerhouse he can't not run fast you know and he proved that on his racetrack performance and and what he was able to do now towards the end he you know probably uh left a little bit of a blemish on his record by deciding not coming out of the the starting gates but um you know what maybe he decided his time was done he had nothing to prove um he sat on top of the bragging rights and there was nothing left to prove. So maybe a multi. Yeah, maybe you could have picked a multi. So so anything is exciting <laughs> this week. What are you looking forward to, Ash? Actually, I'm looking forward to Swan Hill Carnival on Sunday. Um, it's usually a three-day carnival. And uh, Richo, you've actually been up for a weekend Swan Hill with me. I certainly have. Um, a couple of years ago, we made the trip. Yep. It was uh, very enjoyable. Yeah, it's a good weekend. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll get back maybe next year. We might plan to do that again, and we uh, we might pack the golf clubs this time. And uh, we might uh, get on the old Murray Downs up there. It's a pretty good track. But uh, no, one-day carnival this year. Uh, there'll be some good racing still. Uh, you've got the Elfstrom, the Golden Topaz, uh, Swan Hill Cup. There's uh, some really good racing, and um, I'm looking Can forward to seeing... the drought breaker. I nearly entered a horse for the drought breaker, actually. 
just didn't think you. I thought he was a run short. I was gonna, I was kind of nom elongated in the drought baker. Yeah, I thought you were. <laughs> had he had one more run, I reckon he would have been a Monty. Swan Hill, big track, you'd have loved it. That would have be a be a nice one to uh, to get your maiden win out of the way in. But uh, I do think he's probably better than a than a drought breaker. Um, but I'd definitely take it if uh, the opportunity arose. Uh, sure. But yeah, no, it's a great great carnival, but it's a pretty good car to racing. It's you, you're going to find some pretty handy horses there on Sunday. So uh, no, looking forward to that, and and hopefully we can be one of the winners. That'd be good. Definitely, that you heard it. So if you're around the Swan Hill area on Sunday, get down to the carnival. Um, I think that pretty much wraps this up. One thing we did want to say is just to give us a follow on Twitter at fourth not first, all one word, all words at fourth not first. Um, I think this week, fellas, we might even post the multi and the bragging rights tip on Saturday morning by about eleven o'clock, so that uh, the listeners can follow along and just see if Ash again picks his best horse for the bragging rights and leaves us with a dud for the multi. <laughs> it's, uh, I think that pretty much wraps us up for the weekend. The week, fellas, thanks very much for your time. No worries, boys. That was uh, good as always. Certainly was. Look forward to chatting to you next week. Cheers. Talk to you next week. Good night, boys. Cheers, boys.